Here we go. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Did you like my my cadence right there? I'm just watching the delayed reaction of my intro there. Oh, it was really funny. Fantastic, but you have to be on the live show to see it. You do. I mean, I killed that drum solo yeah just you now. just i couldn't i you look like a professional air drummer to me i yes and to be part of that live show you just go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty it's that easy yeah you just that send a easy. request to join the group all you folks out there send a request to join the group that aren't patreon supporters i appreciate your love of the podcast and wanting to be in the group and we'd appreciate it even more if you go on to patreon.com slash good morning liberty and chip in at least that five dollar a month and i'll hit accept but I'm not going to do it before that. <laughs> I'm just not going to. If you've been All listening right. to this show for any length of time, you know Nate loves his walls. Yep. And so paywalls. That, that paywall, you know, yeah. he's got his armed forces set up there. My and armed his, forces. His finger cannot. As I'm wearing an armed forces entertainment hat right he, now. His finger cannot click the button of accept until you sign up past that paywall so do it this is a place where we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning and what does that even mean i don't know i can't tell you well i really don't know i gotta go (laughs) i gotta go sorry well tell the folks you know what it means well we talk about all those things listen the biggest thing of course we're pro not killing people here okay we're some would say antida antida yeah Yeah. we're very much anti-death we don't like death so we're very much against it. And so anytime there's death around, we like to talk about ways that there won't be death. So it, if you guys come up with that cure for death, let us in on that because we would very much be interested in it. But we got to talk about your liberty because when you do have that life and you you become a part of Antita, well, you're going to have your liberties also. And you can't take liberties away from other people. Every single one of us is born with the same individual liberties as everyone else, doesn't matter what color or creed we are, what religion or what sexual preferences we've got. Just okay, a, just imagine. Yeah, exactly. No religion. No, no religion too. <laughs> so, so listen. We've all got the same individual liberties, and that means you can't take those away from anyone. You cannot infringe on anyone else's liberties, and we want those protected. For everyone, just your negative rights, by the way. We can't take liberties away from other people to give rights to other people. Because then no one has any rights, okay? And then all of these principles practiced out leads to the most fulfilling life you can possibly have. So after after all that, there's no reason for you not to hit that subscribe button. Right? I mean, you just have to smash it. Magoo said, you don't want no part of this Patreon life, do it, Cox. (laughs) Wait, does it make you does does it make you a socialist or something? No, it's a libertarian podcast. It makes you smarter. Well, do they say a lot of dumb stuff? No, it's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Well, then it must be really expensive. It's only five dollars a month. <laughs> it it kind of sounds like I do want to be in that Patreon. <laughs> sounds like you okay. do. <laughs> All right, so we do a new episode every single day of the week, and the meaning is the really important When we part. want to. When we want to. Sometimes, 
we always want to, but sometimes we can't, which means we did want to do something else more than the podcast. Sorry, but hey, at least we put that little asterisk in there, the fine print down at the bottom. Well, and that's what we're actually living out the liberty principles. We do what we want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the meaning part's very important. We don't pursue happiness here. We pursue meaning, which means you got to find why the heck you are here right now. What are you supposed to be doing with your life? Hopefully, Who are you and where are you? Those are two important questions you have to answer. I, 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 could, I, I could agree more. You could? <laughs> yeah. Then, then do. <laughs> so pursue the meaning because that's what's going to get you out of bed every single day. I was trying to pull up this quote from Mark Twain that I posted um, on here. The two, this is, this is Marcus Twainius. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Mm. And that's exactly what pursuing a life of meaning means to me. So anyway, life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. Smash that subscribe button really hard like I just hit the desk or hit follow on Spotify or whatever your app says so you can get a new episode every single day. So, Charlie, is your family okay down in Louisiana? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my dad and his wife, they rode out the hurricane. The rest of my family, I think they're I think they're doing okay. Um, I, As far as I know from my dad, my extended family is doing pretty good. I do have family in Lake Charles that was hit pretty hard and New Iberia and Lafayette and all all kinds of places down there, man. Yeah. And um and as far as I know, they're still they're still on with the crawfish boil this weekend. <laughs> really? No. Oh, okay. Crawfish is in season in April. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. They still have it down there right now, but But they made it how was the storm? Everything okay? My dad said that he hung out outside and <laughs> Of course he did. Just watch the sideways rain. (laughs) Just out there like Lieutenant Dan. He was. On top of the boat. That's what I said. I'm like, you're on top of the boat. Like, come on, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a time for a showdown. This is all you got. (laughs) By the way, my dad is a double amputee. So (laughs) that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. To be clear, we're laughing because your dad doesn't have any legs. Okay. But he knows. Uh, He knows about it. Oh, yeah. He sees it every day. (laughs) So, So. (laughs) speaking of this hurricane, this hurricane that's uh, that's been going around. Oh, oh, Lara. I hear they're getting so much worse. Now, if you're not worried about COVID and you're not, if you're not black, then you don't have anything to be worried about right now. So, you got to be worried about climate change. Because that's obviously going to kill us all. And what's it going to be, 10 years now? Something like that? It's too late anyway. Mm -hmm. So we've only got a few years left anyway. So I don't know why we're all concerned about all these other problems. Right. You know, who really cares? You should just live life however you see fit. You only got 10 years left. I got this this email from the New York Times. I did sign up for their email list because they make you pay to read their, their, I was going to say their paper, but it's their blog the, a computer screen that has their name on it you gotta yeah. pay to read that so is, that a, I, is it a dollar a week or something i don't it's too, i'm not gonna give them any of my money at, okay at all so i do get their emails uh, which they think is gonna bring them value sometime there's no ads in the email so it's not gonna bring them any value so anyway it's called the growing power of hurricanes mm, everyone be worried everyone be worried real quick we're not fear-mongering they don't it's the republicans it's the it's the rightists yeah that fear-monger all the time and you gotta vote left as if your life depends on it yeah 
So if you don't vote yeah. for Joe Biden, you're going to die, mm-hmm. as we heard last week. And the right's nothing but full of domestic terrorism and yeah, and fear mongering and, mm. and all kinds of stuff. And so, mm. so they say now this hurricane was named Hurricane Lara that went through. It it turned into a pretty big hurricane. It, it was, did. It was kind of small tropical storm status, small hurricane, and then all of a sudden it's like category four. On that trend, it was going to be a category 347 by the time it made landfall. <laughs> right. You know, so. It's but since, it stopped at four. It stopped at four. It's like, this is high enough. Yeah. And then and it then met some down. resistance. <laughs> it, it, it met resistance in the atmosphere. Yeah. So it says Hurricane Laura shares something in common with both Hurricane Florence, a 2018 storm that killed 52 Americans, and Hurricane Katrina, which struck Louisiana 15 years ago. Yeah, they're all hurricanes. They've all got something in common. All three. Sounds like they're all hurricanes. (laughs) Yeah. All three changed from more typical hurricanes into severe ones in just a day or two. Mm. That kind of rapid intensification, the use the scientific to use the scientific term for it, used to be rare. In recent years, it has become more common. Mm. It used to be rare before we used fossil fuels. It was rare, I guess. The warming of the planet doesn't seem to have increased the frequency of hurricanes, which was one of our predictions, but it has increased their severity, scientists say. Storms draw their energy from the ocean, and warmer water provides more energy. Warmer air, in turn, can carry more water, increasing rainfall and flooding. Mm. Since the 1990s, ooh, we're going real far back right here in the way, way back machine of all the weather that's ever occurred on the planet Earth. Since the 1990s, the frequency, the frequency of extreme hurricanes, either Category 4 or 5, has roughly doubled in the Atlantic Ocean. No single storm is solely a result of climate change, of course, yet climate change is leading to more storms like Laura. <laughs> now, remember, now, they said the frequency has doubled. So keep in mind that can mean if we used to have one like every 10 years... Then we'll have one every five years. Yeah. And that means the frequency really has has doubled during that time. So anyway, they put this nice little chart on here, this nice little graph, and it shows a line that's going up. Ooh, it's a line that's going up. And it's talking about the frequency of these terrible hurricanes and the lines pointing in the upward direction. As you can see, it's up. And it is obviously because of climate change. It says the scariest part of the trend well, is that... But, but, but hang on. Like if you look at the chart that's in here... In 1990, they had, well, actually just before 1990, they had three hurricanes in that year. Yeah. Okay. Now, it looks like 2005 and 2006, we had five hurricanes. And since then, we haven't had more than four. Yeah. So how is it still going up? Well, what's really interesting is is that this line, they're pulling a Bernie Sanders right here, and they're talking about since... The, the 1990s. The lowest part of the line, because they stopped the graph at 1970. But what you can see is that going over to the left, the line is coming from a higher spot, almost where the line is at right now. Right. So why was it up right then? <laughs> so they had to pull from the lowest point of the frequency of those hurricanes and say that in that span of time, they have the frequency has oh, doubled. Of course. Yeah. 
So it says the scariest part of the trend is that it isn't over. Ooh. Ooh, the trend isn't over. Climate change acts slowly. We know everything about climate change and it acts slowly. The destruction sweeping across Louisiana and Texas this morning will probably be even more common in the future than it is today. And also New York's going to be underwater and so is Florida and we're all going to die. By the year 2000. By the year 2000. Laura made landfall as a category four storm early this morning near the Louisiana-Texas border. The National Hurricane Center called the expected storm surge unsurvivable and said that it could push 40 miles inland unsurvivable well like look if you're if you're standing on the beach and a 20-foot wave is coming at you that's not survivable. probably unsurvivable are you saying in the beach like in a boat no i'm saying if you're standing okay. on the beach okay just standing right yeah. there okay i also think it hit during high tide as well so that obviously didn't help yeah and you know the the waters in the gulf of mexico get pretty warm yeah. So they do. I've been there and it was fairly warm. Mm -hmm. uh, so to confirm, fact check what you just said, the water in the Gulf does get pretty warm. Yes. That you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> in a broader policy move, the federal government has begun giving up on protecting some flood prone communities. It will instead use tax dollars to relocate those communities, a policy once dismissed as too radical. That is an amazing idea, by the way. If Didn't they're Milton going Friedman to use talk tax about, money. or Thomas Sowell talk Thomas about this? Thomas Sowell talked about it. Yes, that's basic, right. Because it was a story from John Stossel that that Thomas Sowell talked about. This is one of the things that led to John Stossel becoming a libertarian, because he put he got a beach house, and I can't remember. I think he was on the East Coast somewhere. He got a beach house, and his uh, was it him that said it. Um, he moved there. His dad said, you shouldn't move there. It's too dangerous. There could be hurricanes. And Stossel said, well, if I get hit, by if I get hit by a hurricane, the government's just going to build me a new house. So it's fine. And a hurricane came and it destroyed his house. So the government bu built him a new house. And then another hurricane came and it flooded his house and the government built him a new house. <laughs> and then another hurricane came and he decided that at some point in time, he should just leave and stop doing this. Listen, there's no like rule in the nature that says the human beings have to live right next to the beach. Okay. They're dangerous sometimes. But you have a right to have a house there. Yeah. There's no yeah. right to live in the path of, of where really dangerous storms go by. And we should not continue. Listen, I'm, this is no offense to anyone from New Orleans, but the city is in a stupid spot. It's built under it's, the sea level. It's underwater. It's underwater. And it flooded and everyone's like, oh my God, it flooded. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't believe this. How did this ever happen? You think you build yourself a city underwater that it's going to be completely fine. Right, right. But then it flooded when you get a category five hurricane come through. This doesn't make any sense. And not only that, but just to show you the competence of the government, they knew that this was possible. Yeah. So they spent a bunch of money where they were supposed to build the levees to withstand a category five storm in new Orleans. And guess what they did? They squandered it and they only built the levees to withstand a category three. Yeah. And it it didn't like, work. And it clearly didn't work. You know, yeah. 50 it was to say here. Yeah. This Saturday will be the 15th anniversary of Katrina. It's like, if that doesn't tell you how competent the government is, I don't know what will. And if it doesn't tell you something that all these hurricanes are named after women, then I don't know what will either. <laughs> No, but this makes this makes good this makes more sense. Now I'd rather the tax money not be used at all and people say, "Hey, um either I can afford to pay for really expensive home insurance from a private insurance car uh, carrier and I'll live on the beach 
or I'm going to assess the risk of whether or not I can live on the beach. And if it's too expensive for me to live there and it's too dangerous, then I won't live on the beach. And, and I just won't do that. I'll let the hotels and everyone have it and they can pay for the insurance and I'll go visit the beach sometime. And instead, we, we have this, we've got FEMA and we've got the flood insurance. We've got all this stuff and people just build in really terribly stupid places and their places get destroyed because that's totally normal when you live in the path of a hurricane and then the government just rebuilds it and then they get destroyed and then they rebuild it. Yeah. Look, part life, um, a part of life is mother nature trying to take you out that's, by the way. It's like its whole goal. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you build. I mean, there's earthquakes, there's tornadoes, there's fires, there's hurricanes, there's all kinds of things. Uh, and by the way, this has been going on since the beginning of time. As we know, as far as we know, there have been tornadoes and hurricanes and flooding and torrential downpours and typhoons, earthquakes, all kinds of stuff. I don't think they ever existed before 1850, to tell you the truth, <laughs> because that's when we started counting. Well, that's when we started measuring hurricanes was in 1850. Mm. And one of the big points I wanted to make on this was that that amount of time is nothing in the span of how long Earth has been here. Like nothing. We've got data from 1850 to now, and realize the 1850 data was probably a guy that licked his finger and put it up in the air. <laughs> okay, that's roughly what happened. Okay, I would, no, I wouldn't. I would say I it's probably a little bit more sophisticated than that. A little bit better than that. Because we did 1850, have... he probably had his slave do it more than likely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Well, like, it wasn't. I mean, we had Edison and Tesla and all that in 1880, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a little more sophisticated. Slightly. Slightly. I don't know. I just thought it would be funny. Right. You know, by the way, Charlie and I just watched this really good movie called The Current War. Not Braveheart, unfortunately, no. but tomorrow we're watching Braveheart. Like electrical <laughs> current. Um, so it's about the war between Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, and Charles Westinghouse. Is that, or is it George Westinghouse? George Westinghouse, maybe. I can't remember. Westinghouse. Westinghouse. That's yeah. all we need to know. A really, really good movie, and I highly recommend it. I believe it was going to go into theaters, but those, uh, you know, those just got opened back up in some places around the country, around here anywhere, they, anyway they did. So you can rent it on Amazon or Apple. I highly, highly recommend it. The music in the movie is amazing. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it, and uh, some other, so Michael Shannon, uh, who was, um, oh, he was in the, the new Superman movies, Man of Steel movies, Zod, I believe. So anyway, really good. Did you like it? Yeah, it was a good movie. That's mm -hmm. my second time seeing it. And um, I need honestly, to pay more. I need to pay closer attention. I think it just keeps like there's no there's no like lulls in the movie. No, it just keeps going. It's intense. Yeah. Like camping, just like camping. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this span of time is is nothing that we've measured and being able to look at since 1990 and say, oh, the trend is increasing. It's nothing. Earth has been here for 4.5 billion years, and we've measured 170 years so far of weather data pretty, we'll just say fairly accurately. We'll just assume it's fairly accurate. We'll make the, yeah, we'll make the assumption. We'll, we'll, the presupposition is it's accurate. Yeah. Let's just say it's accurate for the argument. There's a couple ways you could explain that. If you were to draw out a line chart in the left axis was here's the beginning of time for earth and the right is right now you wouldn't the the line on the right you wouldn't even be able to discern where where we started measuring and now like you wouldn't even see it on the chart 
at she all. She had a really big have to fucking chart. Really expand it <laughs> way out. Yeah. Another way to look at it, which I did the math on this earlier, if the time span that Earth has been here was represented in the in time in a day. So one day. 24 hours. 24 hours, okay? And you looked at the amount of time that we have been measuring temperature data. Then we started measuring at 11.59.99999 p.m. at night. If you took, if Earth was an entire day, barely even anything at all. Okay, like there's about 10, 10 nanoseconds. There's maybe? about 52,000 years per uh, per second. So that that's basically what it comes out to. We've got we've got no idea what's happened on Earth in in the time that Earth has been here. We have no idea whatsoever mm -hmm. at all of course the live group is comparing it to charts and it's uh marie said it's like looking at the one minute chart for the dow and <laughs> eh, it's actually more like looking like a half a second chart yeah <laughs> and you see it start to tick up and you're like this thing's that's, that's going forever this is going forever go. <laughs> it's exactly i'm glad that you guys have started doing some trading stuff because i've when i tried to argue with people on this i was like that's like you saw apple go down by a penny and so, therefore, you sold everything because it's obviously going to go to zero for yeah. sure. No, it went down a penny. It's that's it. That's that's all it went down. You know, that's like it. And what like do we 80 know? bucks for Tesla. What do we know? <laughs> Trends reverse. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> just like this storm went from tropical storm to category four. I would assume it was just going to keep going the category trillion before it killed everyone. <laughs> it stopped. And then, and then it weakened. Yeah. It reversed. Laura, it's, I mean. One of a, one of the guys in the live group. That's one of his exes. So Laura, yeah. If we have any Lauras listen to the show, I'm sorry, but you know, right now she was a hurricane. So not all Lauras are the same. No, I've known a few pretty good ones. Yeah, but the trend is ones. they're getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> From what I can tell, what I what I can tell, Lauras are mostly terrible. <laughs> Okay, so the other part of this, I did pull this up. By the way, we are joking. <laughs> yes, I love your jokes. Um, I pulled up the strongest hurricanes that we have on record, by the way. Now, one confusing... No, this is just on record. Just on record. We don't know before this. Now, a confusing statistic you will get from people is like the biggest hurricanes or the most... What you'll typically see are like the most expensive hurricanes, and they'll be represented as the worst hurricanes. So if you were to Google like the worst hurricanes, you would end up getting hurricane... Sandy, which was the most expensive hurricane, I believe, and then Hurricane Katrina. And that's not ranking them by the strength of the hurricane. If a Category 5 hurricane hits the middle of Kansas, it's going to be a lot different than if a Category 1 hurricane hits downtown New York City. Right. So if you're measuring by property destruction, that's not an accurate measurement of the hurricane, but that's a lot of times what you'll end up pulling up. Well, and in this case, it's in reference to climate change. Yes. Because what they're trying to argue is that climate change is adding to the intensity of these hurricanes, making them more dangerous. <clears throat> yeah. Ooh, that's the argument. That's the, the argument is that we have to focus on defeating climate change because we're making these storms super bad. And so therefore, these must be the strongest hurricanes on record. Right. They would have to be. They would have to be because we've never admitted more carbon into the atmosphere until, we, until now. Yeah, and you, you wouldn't have stronger hurricanes before this because they're getting worse mm -hmm. because of climate change. So... Uh, Hurricane Rita, 180 miles an hour. That was in 2005. Florida Keys hurricane in 1935 was actually about the strongest on record. 1935 was 185 miles per hour sustained winds. Jesus. It was uh, one of the strongest. Hurricane Gilbert, 1988, 
was 185 miles an hour. Hurricane Wilma, 185 miles per hour. Uh, Hurricane Irma, 2017, 185 miles per hour. Hurricane Allen, uh, doesn't get, oh, 1980. That was 190 miles per hour. How, how have we not heard about Hurricane Allen? That's pretty bad. So one of the strongest ones on record, now there was another one that was in the earlier 1900s, but all I'm getting right now are ads. Hurricane Carla was 180 miles an hour. Uh, Hurricane Camille, uh, 1969, 180 miles an hour. Uh, Carla was in 1961. And so what you're basically finding is that uh, it's not all the hurricanes that have occurred like in the last 10 or 20 years. Most of these are 20 to 30 to 40 years ago, some of the strongest ones, and uh, several, a couple on the list, are actually back in the 1920s and 30s when this happened. And so if the, when you're making the argument that hurricanes are getting stronger because of climate change, when you have things like, uh, you know, you know, your biggest tornado on record was that, what was the tri-state tornado or something like that, which was in the early, early you know, back in back in aught five or something like that. I don't know when exactly it was. Um, it was later than that, probably. But uh, you know, and then one of your strongest hurricanes was in 1933. So it just the 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 boat don't fly. You know, yeah. The the uh, not the, even in those winds. The truth is not running <laughs> when it comes to this, and yeah, not even in these winds whatsoever. So. <laughs> You're going to need some more evidence, and you're going to have to actually admit the fact that when you're pulling from 170 years worth of data out of 4.5 billion possible years worth of data, that you don't know anything about a single trend whatsoever at, at all. Now, this isn't to say that climate change could potentially be adding to this, but you can't make the argument that it's clear. Yeah that climate change is doing it because I don't think you can whatsoever. Todd brings up a good point. He says, do hurricanes appear stronger due to technology's ability to better record them and attain more data? I think the, that was my point with the finger in the right, air joke, I, by the way. Right. And I think that in this day and age with information being so readily available, it's easier for people to have that type of fear. And you can, can easily convince those people because of the information to be like, Oh, well, it's the strongest on record or it's the strongest since the 90s. And everybody looks at this like, oh, bad. Yeah. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. um, but if you just take a second to think about it, just one second. I mean, listen, look, back in the, what was it, like 1905, there was an earthquake so bad on the New Madrid fault line, which runs through southern Illinois and Tennessee and Kentucky and all that. It was so horrible. The Mississippi River flowed backwards, by the way. It flowed towards Canada. It made it very tough for, on Huck Finn to yes. make it down. <laughs> for yeah. a little while. Yeah. Okay. If you think back to your early science books, at one point, the world, uh, you guys remember Pangea? I don't remember it, but I have heard well, of it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. You know, all the continents were together like this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, somehow they all kind of spread apart. I mean, think about all the things that had to happen. Probably some terrible earthquakes and hurricanes and all kinds of things that, you know, spread all that stuff out. And just uh, have we not learned the lesson to not use fossil fuels after what happened to the dinosaurs. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's clear. Our ancestors should have taught us better. <laughs> I know. It's insane. Just never learn from your mistakes. <laughs> if you could just live a perfect socialist life, you'll never die. You know? Okay. Anyway, we're against death. We're against hurricanes killing people. We're against hurricanes flooding things. We wish it could never happen. But folks, <laughs> it's an ugly world out there. All right. Yeah, it is. You can't say 
that if we focus on climate change, we'll never have another hurricane ever. Mm-mm. Because to think that you could even have an impact on hurricanes is just to me like like so prideful. I thought Bill Gates was controlling all these hurricanes. That was Dick Cheney, actually. Halliburton has the they got the hurricane maker. Okay. <laughs> I see. I thought it was Bill Gates yeah. was was dumping Morton salt into the ocean and uh, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I didn't finish the video, so right. <laughs> I don't really know. All right, Charlie, tell me about BS real quick. All right, this is a tweet from our old friend, an old, old man. Just old, basically. An old millionaire yeah. now, by the way. Hang on, I got to take a sip of this. Uh, by the way, Coke Zero still has a sip and scan code. We haven't ran that in a while, but oh, yeah. sip and scan, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, if you guys go to uh, coke.com, actually, I don't know what you're going to find on that, so I, I'm not really sure. Uh, probably something about Eric Trump. I'm not, I'm not, or Donald Trump Jr. Sorry. Um, so listen, you go to Coke something.com or Coca-Cola and then you type in your sip and scan code and then you leave there and you go to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty and you pay five bucks a month and you get to watch us live. Yeah. That's how it works. It's a beautiful thing. The two are literally not connected whatsoever, but if you've been listening for a long time, you know, that sip and scan code has been a long running part of our show. Yeah. And it's still available, which I thought was cool. It's one of the longest running promotions we've ever done. Uh huh. <laughs> That's the trend is up right now. Yeah, it is. it's <laughs> never going to end, despite Hurricane Laura. <laughs> All right, Bernie Sanders tweets out. This is this is going to be one of y'all's favorites. The fact that Jeff Bezos or Bezos became the world's first two hundred billion dollar man at a time of unprecedented human pain and suffering is morally grotesque. No. Billionaires should not be allowed to make $800 billion during a pandemic. Our job is to tax the rich and expand Medicare to all. So By the way, there you have it, folks. Problem solved. Oh, if they only had that, if they only had 65% of that $800 billion, then they would be able to provide Medicare for all to everyone. <laughs> Everything would be fine. Yeah. If they only, I mean, we just oh, don't pay attention to that $2.2 trillion stimulus that we just set on fire on TV in front of everyone. No, if we just taxed $800 billion at 65%, we would be able to have everything we want. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That's like $500, million, $500 billion. You can do whatever you want with $500 billion for a week in the government. So anyway, the next one goes along with it too. And then we'll, we'll discuss amongst ourselves. So there was a tweet by um, Dan Price, who was talking about the, some corporations and their profit. He said, Amazon profit is up 100%. Walmart profit is up 80%. Target's profit up 80%. Lowe's profit up 74%. Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Google, stock, all at record highs. In fact, the entire stock market is at record highs. The S&P today hit over $3,500, record highs. Small businesses... On the other hand, 21% of them have closed and the revenue for the rest that have remained open is down 30%. We're seeing a monumental wealth transfer from mom and pops to conglomerates. So what do you think caused that, Mr. Dan Price and Mr. Bernie Sanders? Nate, you responded to this way. You said, it's weird that some of the only businesses allowed to stay open during the government mandated lockdowns saw their profits go up while smaller businesses suffered. It's almost as if that's a completely logical consequence of forcing parts of the economy to shut down. <laughs> I mean, 
just he dis he 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 disproved his idea inside of his own tweet. Yeah, like small businesses, 21 percent of closed revenue for the rest are down thirty percent. Revenue for all these companies is up a bunch. Like you said, like what? Why might that be? Are were they allowed to be open? Could they sell things? Could is they the, allow customers into their store? Is the answer no? Okay, then. It's that simple. Yeah. What could Were they allowed by the government to sell things? No? Okay, then the, the companies that were allowed by the government to sell things made more money than everyone else did. That wasn't allowed to sell things. <laughs> the people who were forced to not sell things. Right. It's that simple. That's it's completely that simple. That sounds too hard. I know. I don't get it. Good Lord. I don't understand. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's this guy has a blue check mark too. Yeah. Or on my dark mode, it's a white check mark. It's a white check mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this kind of stuff is infuriating to me, especially it's just a bunch of demagoguery, gaslighting, blame shifting, all kinds of stuff like that. It's crazy. Like, you call for all the lockdowns of all the businesses, Walmart, Amazon, Target, Lowe's, Facebook, Apple, all these companies are still allowed to operate, obviously. Your small businesses down in all these cities have had to shut down for a while because of policies that you support. People still have to buy things. But it's capitalism's fault. They still need things. This is capitalism at work, Nate. I know. It's just the the corp the big corporations control everything. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> it's it's crazy. And now I wouldn't be surprised if like Amazon was pulling the strings trying to get the economy to shut down in some kind of way because that would be a brilliant move by them for sure. But that's not what happened. Like it was these same politicians that were calling for all of these businesses to be shut down. What? And then you're like, oh, it's uh, all these businesses that were allowed to remain open. Look how much money they've made compared to all the businesses that were forced to close down. And that's a and that's like a point that you make in a tweet somehow. It's crazy. It's completely insane. And then somehow we've we've forgotten about COVID. Yeah. I haven't seen hardly anything. That's about because it. not enough people are dying anymore, so we can't talk about it. You can't talk about like death numbers that are on a downtrend. That you wouldn't want to do that. I'm assuming they're on a downtrend based on the fact that I'm not being made to feel scared about it every single day. And if the numbers were on a severe uptrend, I think I would I would be hearing about that. But we got to shift. We got to shift the news over mm -hmm. to something else, which we'll be talking about here in a second. Are you pulling up some numbers right now? I was looking at COVID numbers. Yeah. Okay. You want me to go on to the next article while you're looking? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So the whole Jacob Blake. Well, we, we haven't been hearing about coronavirus. It's all been about hurricanes and now they're shifting back to climate change. And now we have... Of course, the protests. Yeah. Still, we got to make sure. I mean, we we have to have all these things going by the time the election rolls around. Massive economic shutdowns, people dying from a disease. Can we, Charlie, would you say, tell me what you think about Bernie Sanders saying this statement? Um, Bezos became the world's first $200 billion man at a time of unprecedented human pain and suffering. Yeah. Would you say that the year 2020, on the span of time for human pain and suffering, is just this unprecedented amount of pain and suffering that we've just never dealt with before? Not even close. Yeah. Not only that, but I, what I would say is, 
he just says at a time of unprecedented human pain and suffering, the pain and suffering that's been caused was by government action. Yeah. But like there weren't, it wasn't like half the country died from COVID and that was a true pain and suffering. Now, of course the 180, I think we have 184,000 deaths now, and that is terrible. We mentioned earlier, we are against death. It's absolutely terrible and atrocious. We wish COVID never existed. And I can tell you that, but when I'm just running a basic data comparison, yeah. And if you look at 184,000 mostly old people that died from COVID-19 versus any other time in human history, especially if you go back just maybe a hundred years ago and compare the numbers, it's not even close. And the fact that people are experiencing any type of pain or suffering or economic uh, or financial instability is because of the actions of the government, not the actual virus itself. It wasn't like, oh, I lost my job because I got COVID. I lost my job because my company had to let me go because they couldn't pay for me anymore because the government shut the, the economy down. I almost cursed, but I remember my mom's watching this live feed. I saw an article. <laughs> I saw an article the other day. The headline was COVID death toll continues to climb. Guys, the COVID death toll cannot go down. Right. We have not solved death, unfortunately. And that's one We're thing. we bringing people yeah, back to life. <laughs> it's always going to continue to climb. It's oh, That's the only thing that's going to happen. It's not going to get lower right. than it is today, ever. It's not going to happen. And if if it can, then we're really all kind of arguing about nothing right here. Unless you know? they can prove that some of the ones that were listed as COVID on the death certificate weren't actually well, yeah, COVID, which they'll never do. They'll not. Yeah, that's they'll that's, never do that. That's not going to happen. So that uh, that building that holds those records is going to go down in the fire sometime. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. So it, it's well, that kind of. <laughs> my mom says that she has her swear jar out. So oh, okay, I'll put twenty bucks in it. All right, don't worry. <laughs> okay, so the um, the the situation in Kenosha, Wisconsin, obviously uh, n- not going well. And we talked yesterday a little bit about what what our thoughts were on the Jacob Blake shooting. If you haven't heard what we said, go back and listen to that. The back half of the episode, we spend the whole time talking about Jacob Blake. Um, I presented the only case I could for the uh, for the defense. Uh, the officers, which I think there always has to be a defense presented. That's what I feel I always have to do. But I cannot justify the shooting. I I can't I can't do that. But I did present what the defense would be, just because I think it's always important to try and consider all sides. But I don't think there was no gun, so I don't think the officer was an immediate fear for his life. I think it was uh, just an off the cuff emotional poorly trained reaction mm-hmm. and the problem is um here's here's the problem i don't think much is going to happen to the officer because the guy did have a knife jacob blake did have a knife and where did he have a knife he had it in the floorboard of his driver's side of his car so he had already been tased he had already been on the ground he'd gotten up walked over to his car got in the driver's side leaned down into the door where there was a knife and that's really all we know. I don't know if he got his hands on it. I don't know if the officer saw it. I'm not really sure. Uh, but the fact that the Wisconsin Department of Justice has announced that there was a knife in the floorboard of his driver's side, I don't think the cop's going to get in a lot of trouble, honestly. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. If there's someone resisting arrest and uh, going for a weapon, I'm just saying your qualified immunity on that's probably going to be pretty strong. 
But I think that goes for a lot of cases. I don't think uh, the guy that killed George Floyd is going to get convicted of second degree. You murder. don't think so? No. Mm. No. Um, well, maybe I, the world is burning. I've got some. Cons- <laughs> I've got some conspiracy theories on that. But you know, they originally were at third degree, which I think That's they second. I thought they were at third. They upped it to second. Okay. And because uh, I had to look up what the heck is third degree. So and uh, so my conspiracy theory on that is that they know they can't get second. What's going to happen when they don't get second? It's going to be really bad. Right. It's going to be real, real bad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll be able to convict him on it. I think he had, uh, I think he had so many pre-existing conditions and was on so many drugs, uh, that they're going to, that they're not going to be able to prove that there was an intent to kill him. I don't think they'll be able to do that. Or, so, or that he knew he was doing something that could kill him. I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm telling you from a legal standpoint. Now, the jury, there's a few things that's going to happen on the George Floyd case. It's going to go through appeals forever because he's not going to get a fair trial. That's, it's not going to happen. There's not a single person in the entire country that does not know the George Floyd situation and has not formed an opinion on it. So maybe they go with a directive verdict, potentially, but if they do go with a jury trial, they will always be able to appeal and say that he didn't get a fair trial. And that's probably, I'm not saying I agree that the guy shouldn't be in prison. Y'all listen to the previous episodes, okay? But that's probably going to be the case that he's not actually going to be able to get a jury of his peers who does not have some type of opinion formed on this. Todd brings up a good point. He says the officer and George Floyd knew each other. They worked yeah. secured at the same nightclub. So I think that's why they're going for second degree because they knew each other. They have a history together. The, um, so you could, you could derive some motivation out of that. The, uh, the problem was he had so much fentanyl in the system that basically they reported that there was a, like he could have easily died with nothing happening to him at all. And also on the video, from what I understand, he was saying, I can't breathe before they even put him down on the ground. Like that was something he was already saying because he was so high on drugs uh, that he was probably worked up and losing his breath more than likely. And so I'm just saying, I, I completely, be tough. I completely see a world where uh, Derek Chauvin does not actually uh, get convicted of second degree. Mm. Anyway, this is not about George Floyd. I'm not saying I agree with that, by the way, I'm saying what my legal, if my legal opinion from a non-legal professional here <laughs> watched a lot of Dateline and I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. So anyway, so we talked about Jacob Blake and the problem here is going to be that there was a knife in the floorboard of his driver's side seat that he was apparently potentially reaching towards. And if he did in fact reach towards a weapon and get his hand on the weapon and the cops saw that, then there's probably going to be some type of immunity for the officer in this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So and the other problem is Epstein didn't kill himself. That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the other one. So I don't really have to read the article. That's basically. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, we'll go through it. This is from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. The Wisconsin DOJ Division of Criminal Investigation reported late on Wednesday that Jacob Blake, the man who was shot by a police officer in Kenosha on Sunday, had a weapon in the floorboard of his car. Kenosha Police Department officers were dispatched to a residence in the 2800 block of 40th Street after a female caller reported that her boyfriend was present and was not supposed to be on the premises, the department said. 
During the incident, officers attempted to arrest Jacob Blake, age 29. Law enforcement deployed a taser to attempt to stop Mr. Blake. However, the taser was not successful in stopping Mr. Blake. Mr. Blake walked around his vehicle, opened the driver's side door, and leaned forward. While holding on to Mr. Blake's shirt, Officer Rustin Shesky fired his service weapon way too many times. The department continued. The department said that officers immediately rendered aid to Blake. During the investigation following the initial incident, Mr. Blake admitted that he had a knife in his possession. The department added, DCI agents recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard of Mr. Blake's vehicle. A search of the vehicle located no additional weapons. The department said that none of the police officers had body cameras on because the city did not provide the Kenosha Police Department with the equipment. All the officers have been placed on administrative leave, which is totally normal as the DCI continues its investigation. Now, we've already talked about, I think all officers need to have body cameras on. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever clock in and perform your duty as a police officer without a camera. I, I really don't. And that's not me wanting to be big brother. This, this, this is me wanting to be, you know, big free citizen wanting to keep track of what the people that are officers in the government are doing. The people who have the okay. power to use deadly force. You know, once you decide to become a police officer and work for the government as their enforcement officers... You don't just have the same constitutional rights that everyone else does, in my opinion, as far as your job is concerned, because you're paid by me through force and you have the ability to use force over me. So there's a little bit different rules there. That's why I said yesterday, I think they ought to have heavier triggers, really heavy triggers on their guns, because you have a lot of poor training and good Lord, seven times. Can we just make it to where like after a few, your finger gets kind of tired, you know, (laughs) something like that. That's really fast. You really need to be able to, that you definitely are sure you wanted to pull that trigger. Yeah. Yeah. They said, Marie said, they can't afford body cams. Also, defund the police. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'll work. Um, So, anyway, Charlie, did you watch the Kyle Rittenhouse video? I watched some of them from a couple different angles. Yes. What do you think? It's really tough because, according to what I watched on the videos, it appeared that it was in self-defense. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. And I'm not saying what he did was right. Like, look, guys, as responsible gun owners, I, like, I really don't think you should show up to where, you know, protests are happening with your cert, with your, as I almost said, service weapon with your, with your gun. You know, now, if you had a reason to be there, then of course you can bring your gun to protect yourself. He I'm did have a reason that. to be there though. He was, was trying to defend private property for who? For business owners. For who, though? Actually, Did he know anybody? I uh, listened to this video earlier. And Did he know he, anybody there? Was it his dad or his grandpa's business? I don't know. A friend's business? I mean, you're saying that you can't go protect someone? I'm not saying you, you can't know? go do that. I'm just saying, is that a wise decision? That's all I'm getting at. I, I'm saying, as responsible gun owners, it would it be wise for me to just go down to Nashville to be a protector of business? Depends if on how many people were with you. If I there's guess. riots going on. Yeah. Now, if I knew that person, if I knew, if I thought that my grandpa or somebody close to me or a friend of mine was going to be harmed, then I would absolutely want to go to protect them. I'm not saying you can't do that at all. I think you should have the freedom to travel wherever you want. If he wanted to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin, or if he wanted to go to the, you know, foothills down there in the Valley of Canada's. <laughs> Travel on down there, man. You're just saying it's not a decision that you personally. I'm saying think about it. Yeah. Like, is it wise to put yourself in a situation where you know that the chances of you firing your weapon are a lot higher 
when you wouldn't necessarily have to do that. You wouldn't have to put yourself in that situation. That's all I'm asking. So in Charlie's opinion, we should all stand by and watch the whole country burn to the ground. Nope. You know, it's not what I'm saying. That's what he's, you know, basically, because, you know, you wouldn't want to go. Hey, when the riots were happening in Nashville, did you go down there with your gun? I was going to have to go by myself. I'm not going to go by myself. Why not? Well, that wouldn't be a very smart plan. (laughs) Plus, I lost all my ARs in the river. Yeah, you did. Or the lake. Yeah. The ocean. Lake. That's where it was. Final answer. Mm -hmm. One of those. Yeah. Final answer. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. uh, I'm not going to go down there with my little LC9. Now, now look, with that, all that to be said um he regardless he did go down there to help protect businesses it appears from the videos that he was attacked and he fired his weapon four times i think i heard um ended up killing two people and injuring one he was being chased he had a a a brick thrown at his head and um i can't remember i think also he was at one time, they at one point they did get him on the ground, and somebody had a foot on his neck or something like that. So, I mean, look, it this is going to be a tough situation. I don't, I don't see how they're going to get first degree murder on this guy. You know, even though, like the the crime for carrying a gun at seventeen years old in the state of Wisconsin is a misdemeanor misdemeanor crime. It's not a felony. Mm. So, to me. I don't know how they're going to get first degree murder. I don't see any way with the video evidence. I don't see there's any way that they could get that. But he, uh, what about crossing the state lines? So I'm saying, I don't think that, it's a felony to cross the state. Is it lines. not? How do they know they cross the state lines with the weapon? Uh, what if he didn't get the weapon until he got to Wisconsin? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? That's for his defense attorney to work out. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as the situation of like, <laughs> was he attacked and did he act in self-defense? In my opinion, from watching the videos, yes, he did. I I I concur. I feel the same way. And uh, Twitter's been blowing up over this thing for sure. Uh, I mean, I've seen him called all kinds of stuff, domestic terrorists, and talking about how the right is already getting their kids and militias and stuff like that, like uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, and as Magoo says, there was a whole lot of bad decisions that night, starting with the rioters who didn't want to see their... Um, who didn't want to see their reason was bunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then what I what I tweeted last night, which was everyone's talking about how dumb it is for a 17-year-old to be carrying a rifle. I said, no one's talking about how dumb it is to chase a 17-year-old that's carrying a rifle. Yeah. That's, to me, a, a little bit more dumb. And I did read as well. Sam said that he, um, he saw a weapon was drawn on him <clears throat> before he ever pulled the trigger. Uh, I did read about that, too. So the... Yeah, because he shot that guy's arm off who was holding the Glock. Yeah, yeah. I don't see how I don't see how this is going to go down as a as a murder in any kind of way. I I feel like it's going to be pretty clear that mm-hmm. it was self defense. Maybe arresting him and charging him was just to try and keep the mostly peace in the city. You know, I don't know. So speaking of peace in the city, where this all went down, there were some protesters out there. One thing I was going to say before we get into that, I got a. Headline from Tuckle Tuckle Carlson. Tickle. Tickle Carlson. Tickle me Carlson. (laughs) He said, how shocked are we that a 17-year-old, that 17-year-olds with rifles decided they had to maintain order when no one else would? And I think that is a really good question. Like, why did the kid feel like he had to go down there and protect businesses? Like, that to me, that's a very important question. The police are not doing their job. The government that's supposed to protect 
your individual rights are not doing their job and people are going to take it into their take matters into their own hands and this is going to keep happening this is something we talked about months ago right that this is going to keep happening and and it, it really is because as the police continue to not protect the rights of people people are going to get more and more upset and you're going to have more and more people like this go out there with guns and more stuff like this is going to happen so I think that's a really important question we need to be asking. I'm going to play this video. There are these protesters, and I'll describe it while it's happening. It's a couple minutes long. This kind of stuff is infuriating to me. And uh, I, I don't really know why, but these protesters have wrapped themselves around this gas station uh, where this happened. And they've decided that no one can go get gas at the gas station. Well, one guy driving a big old Ford truck decided he was going to go get himself some gas. And he was just going to do it. So we're, we're going to play that video real quick for you. Let's see. So if you're not watching, right now there's a line of maybe 10 people holding hands trying to stop this truck. And the truck is just inching itself into the gas station. Like, just barely. Like, these people can't stop this truck. The only thing that can make that truck go in the other direction is a Tesla truck. That, that's, that's the only thing. It's a cyber truck. And so they're literally pushing against the truck, trying to stop it, which is impossible. This guy just wants to get some gas. He's trying to get some gas. Now, listen, probably other gas stations around. I'm sure he's trying to make a point that I'm going to get myself some, some gas. Oh, by the way, there's bad language in this. Earmuffs, kids. Yeah, people push it on the front. There's a guy who's pulling from the back as if they're yeah. going to stop this motorized massive vehicle. Calling him a racist for going to the gas station peacefully. So the guy just gets out of his truck, tries to pump some gas. Well, just I mean. Dude's, Doesn't try to attack anybody. Dude's got some cojones on him. This is all happening live right now. Protesters here at the Shell gas station where Trey Turk was shot and killed by police had formed a human train. Oh, this is a different spot. Right now. But this truck actually kept passing through them. And People trying to talk to him. He's having conversation with him. Just saying, I don't know what he's saying. There's an important thing coming up where this... Well, this guy talks about how terrible this guy just trying to get gas is. This is the important part of the video. Coming out. Yeah. So just to clarify before we get in this, they're blocking a gas station. Um, the gas station is still open. The guy inches his way in there like so slow in his truck. Like probably never even hit the gas. The truck was rolling forward and it can roll harder than the people were pushing, obviously. And, but this is the response. And this just kind of, you know, it, it makes you question everything that you ever hear. And it makes me very angry. Very, very angry. This man took his vehicle and tried to pass it through a peaceful protest and tried to kill us. That's exactly what happened. Tried to this kill us. This is why when we tried to tell you we're trying to keep this damn city calm 
And this is what is happening a right now. This guy's yelling at We are trying to keep the city that's calm. That's it. So you act like they didn't do anything wrong. You want to talk about inciting a riot? Look at that. That's He's inciting a riot. That's called domestic, that's called domestic terrorism. That's domestic, domestic terrorism. Make sure that they hear. The this is domestic terrorism. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and this is domestic terrorism. So, yeah, just trying to get gas is domestic terrorism. He doesn't look violent at all. No. I, I haven't seen one shred of violence out of this old man. And I've yet to old, hear older man i don't know how old he is i've Just yet to see hair. pumping gas at an open gas station on the list of domestic terrorist activities right <laughs> but <laughs> i gotta check the southern poverty law center <laughs> probably all on there <laughs> no but this i don't know why this this stuff really infuriates me and i was talking to charlie about it earlier i don't know why i can't watch very many of these videos uh because i get very upset and i i think I think it's because when you're dealing with complete, complete irrationality and just completely devoid of all logic and someone else is doing something to remove liberties from you, and then they turn around completely irrationally and are, are saying these kinds of things, like, my man, I just get so angry because there's... There's just, there's no argument that can be had. There's no conversation that can be had. You just lose all brain, brain control, man. lose all my brain control. And your brain's on fire. Yeah. So uh, this kind of stuff, you can't just block off someone else's freedom to travel somewhere. And then when you do that and you decide that you can stop other people from having liberties, and then that person says, well, I'm going to go ahead and have my liberty. And you can keep standing there after I have my liberty. That's fine. But I'm going to go through here and I'm going to have my freedom to put some gas in my tank. And then they turn around and say that he tried to kill them and that he was a domestic terrorist and that this is inciting a riot. What this guy is doing. It's that kind of it's that crazy thing that I talk about all the time where your your little sibling is in the back seat and they just keep poking you in the face and poking you and, and putting their finger like in your eye, and then and then you haul off, and and you slap them afterwards, and they're like, "Mom, he hit me!" <laughs> right? It's that. It's exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Only the guy didn't haul off and slap anyone. He didn't right. do anything violent whatsoever. There was no violent interaction after it. But he didn't gun his truck. Nothing. He just slowly inched it forward till he yeah. made it to the pump. I mean, I, I just I I get I get very worked up about this, but. That guy is not inciting a riot. The people who decided that they are going to block off other people's liberty to do what they want to do, to stop the gas station from selling gas and to stop that guy from getting gas, they are the ones that are inciting things. Even if you are standing there peacefully, it doesn't matter how peaceful you're standing there. If you're removing liberties from other people, you're not peaceful. Right. Okay, so you're the one that is actually inciting the violence at that time. I mean, it's, if you kidnap someone and you don't harm them afterwards and you just stand next to them peacefully while they're like locked in a room, you're, it's not like their fault if they haul off and they try to leave or hit you and you're like, oh, I didn't do anything to you. I was just standing here peacefully. What yeah. are you talking about? Come on. You're, you're nuts, man. What are you doing? Like, you're taking away my liberties, dude. Like, just because you're not 
like throwing stuff at me or shooting me or, or doing anything like that doesn't mean that you're doing something peaceful right now. Right. You remove liberties from me. Okay. That Maybe was, they should charge these people with kidnapping. <laughs> I don't know. It's obstruction you're, of capitalism. You're kidnapping my time. <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you, what do you think on this? We can wrap it up. I'm the same. It's, it's infuriating that, that this is the conclusion that these people draw that they, that you can't logically put together that what's the point in blocking the gas station when this old man who is no threat whatsoever, just, just trying to get gas. Like what point are you proving to then turn around and call him a domestic terrorist? And then he was trying to kill you when it's all on video and he clearly wasn't trying to do any of those things. Yeah. Like, how do you even come to that conclusion and be like, well, this is why we protest because old men drive up to gas stations and get gas. <laughs> exactly. What? That's why. What? <laughs> That's why you're protesting. It's insanity. <laughs> It's insanity. Uh, and I just like, what else can you do? I don't know. I saw this meme that I thought was funny. The, the other thing you do is you, you, you strap up and you go protect people's property, but you won't allow anyone to do that. I didn't so. say no one can't do that. I never said that. <laughs> Status Nate, get off my back. Oh, you're deflecting right now. You're trying no, to I'm shift not. the blame over onto someone else. I'm not Mr. Paywall. Is what's happening. <laughs> I'm not Mr. Wally's Waller, Wallerson. <laughs> I, that's my new name okay Mr. i love walls all right guys if you're interested in learning how to day trade go mr, mr. balloon hands <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in learning how to trade we trade er single day in the stock the stonk market we're mr. getting to tread on me on the treadmill <laughs> on the walkway we're pumped about tesla and apple are both splitting their stock and man are we coming up with a strategy to act on this rare occurrence for massive stocks like this. Last time, the Apple stock split. I got some shares from my dad at 98 bucks. The Galdern thing just hit $500 today. Now I sold it like back at 280 That's a what, 400% increase? A pretty big increase. Yeah. I did not think it was going to go up to 500. I'll be honest with you. I didn't yeah. think that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. I thought a nearly 200% gain was pretty good. You know, I was pretty happy with that. Mm -hmm. But anyway... We are going to strike again on Tesla and Apple here pretty soon. And so we'll be talking about that. If you are interested in learning how to trade, we go live every single day in our live pre-market group, analyzing the market that has occurred thus far, hence thou forth in that day. And so we started at 8 a.m. every single morning talking about the big gappers that are up a bunch. Today was a little bit boring, honestly. There wasn't much going very crazy, but a lot of other days, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Well, there was one that was up 200% actually today. Mm -hmm. It's like every day or something like that. So anyway, if you're interested in learning how to do that, it is not too late. Go over to mastermystonks.com or mastermytrades.com and get to learning today because there's over 200 videos on that website. So you got to get going. All right. Also, as we mentioned, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. That's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty to get in on this live group. Over a hundred comments every single time we go live. Lots of good conversation. People adding to the podcast, which makes it so much fun. And uh, we love having the conversation. So get in there and get square, I guess. You get in there to get square? No, no. You just get in there. If you if you don't. It's only as little as $5 a like month. If you don't get in there, then you're going to be square. Yeah. It's like you're you be. Running in a circle towards the square. Be there or you'll be squared. And yeah. you don't want to be squared. No, nobody wants to do that. No. Hit that subscribe button. Sign up on patreon.com slash Liberty. Leave us a rating and review. Um, I've been asking you all to do that. And we had, I don't know, like 
literally asked for one weekend and we got like another 40 new reviews. So y'all keep leaving those rating as reviews. That helps us big time in the Apple, big time Apple podcast uh, region of things. And so that increases the chances that will be discovered through searches, uh, which is happening by the way. Some people are letting us know, Hey, we found you just by doing a Google search or by searching on Apple podcasts. So keep leaving those ratings and reviews five stars. If you think it's worth it because it is, and uh, then share the show with a friend or two or eight or 20. I don't know. There's, we now have over 300 episodes. That's probably at least 400 hours worth of content yeah. for people to go listen to and get caught up on where we're at in the Liberty movement. So if you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.